who is driving car? Bear is driving car. Okay, good morning, afternoon, and evening, folks, or whatever time the sun hits you. Um, welcome to Karate Without Belts. I'm John, as always, until otherwise someone slays me and takes my position. Um, Join with me today is a good friend, mentor, and teacher of mine, Jeremy. Jeremy, welcome to Karate Without Belts. Well, thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it. So, Yeah, um, me and Jeremy met uh, something like, I want to say, about 10, 12 years ago. About 12 years ago, yeah. And um, you were teaching Akata that wasn't getting taught a lot, and uh, I wanted to jump on that really quickly, and I kind of was a little shy about it, and then the next year, I was able to jump on it with you, and then you were like, just learn this one part. I was like, okay. And then the next year, I worked on it with you again, and you were like, all right, you learned the kata. It's great. You want a cookie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and that's kind of it started it started a, a friendship that's gone for the last what was it ten years something like that. Oh yeah, that's been about twelve years. Yeah, I've, I've never been known to be very subtle and gentle and foolfully. It's usually here. This is the way it is, and that's kind of kind of how it comes out. I don't know if it's good or bad, but well, you were mentioning that in reference to kind of um, people wanting to learn katas and you said a teacher of yours before had said something along those lines um yeah i mean uh, my probably my first instructor robbie robbie morris who i mean I, I love that guy to death i mean he was like the big brother i never had and i mean he watched out for me um he um yeah i mean Man, you talk about, I mean, I was, it was so tough in that class. It was just, it was unbelievable. Um, I mean, you, you couldn't, you can't do that today. Not, not in a commercial dojo. I mean, he's running, running a big dojo. And I mean, you know, one, one of the better lessons I learned from him was, you know, we were, I was starting to move, move up the ranks. You know, everybody wants to get to black belt, you know, whatever. And what was it? I, I was trying to pick up one kata and stuff, and it was basically the one that he did for for demos, which was Kusan Ku. Mm. And you know, and I, I picked it up very, very quickly because I was watching. I was constantly watching him, just constantly watching him do it, and. You know, and that's and then, that's the uh, mo- that's one of the at least our, I think any version of it is that's like the most athletic kata you've got um, between like jumps and kicks and like literally you've got to go drop up and then slam down on the ground. Yeah, uh, and like that's a t- <laughs> he he must have been very sturdy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he was he was. I mean, just. Extremely flexible. I mean, you know, it was about six three, six four. I mean, um, but yeah, I, I remember doing that, and you know, and he goes, "Okay, it's time for for you to learn Kusan Ku." And he goes, "Okay, here's this." And I mean, normally you go through one movement, one movement, one movement, and stuff. And I mean, I was like, like on the first day of learning it, I think I went through about three quarters of the kata. Mm. And 
And he gave me that look that he was not happy with me. And I'm like, you know, what's that all about? You know, in the next class, I actually found, so I, I learned Kusan who technically under instruction in like two class periods. But I mean, I'm, I'd watched him for months and months and months, you know, watching him do it. And after I learned it, you know, everybody was out of the dojo and he comes up to me and he goes, well, congratulations. You just learned Kusan Ku. That's my, you know, that's my kata that I do all my demos on. You want a cookie? Congratulations. Get out. You know, you're, you're just kind of like, you know, I'm just kind of trying to figure out what he was mean by it. And then, you know, about a week later, he, he called me in the office and, you know, and he was like, you know, I know you're working hard and you're trying to do this and trying, you know, trying to advance. And we got to the point where I was like, don't advance so quickly that you miss the lessons that are there and what can be taught to you. And well, that's, Oh yeah. Keep going. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, that really drove, that probably really, that was probably one of the first changing moments in my, in my martial arts career. And, I, and at that point, you know, I, I, I did start to slow down a little bit after that. I was like, okay, what, what's really being taught? Why? And I started putting on my analysis and engineer background, which that's what I do for a living. I'm an IT engineer. And so it's like, you know, now I'm like, okay, let's, let's look at this. Why, why is this? Why is that? You know, I'm really, really dug in deep on it. And so yeah, I can appreciate that. So. Mm. I think that's like that, that gets at the, the basis of what I think a lot of people aim for, aim for, but kind of the hype around training distracts from where it's, you, we want to we want to like learn as much as we can and do as much as we can but in doing so you need to actually back up a minute to actually see what you're doing rather than just keep going keep going keep going keep going keep going keep going right. um, I think that that's um that's and what's interesting about that is that you despite only having learned it in two class periods you had a bunch of gray matter with that kata by just watching it oh yeah. And I mean, you know, I mean, I, I really think, you know, today I'm not as flexible as I was back then, you know, 28, 29 years ago. You know, right. I, I was, you know, I, I had a heck of a vertical jump. I could do a lot of things. You know, I, I think he really wanted to spend time with me on that kata and really learn it. And, you know, part of me is like, you know, what, what did I really, you know, I go back and look at it. I was like, what did I really miss out on? You know, but, you know, it, it's one of those lessons. But what did I also gain? Because I think from that, I really drove in on probably guiding principle number eight, not just in martial arts, but in life in general, you know. Because, you know, in the past, some Kyle stayed for three years, master plan, like, we're one time for 10 years or more, you know. It's like, take your time, you know. But, you know, look at the journey. Don't, don't, don't be in such a rush. Right. And, that, I mean, I think that's where, where we get into this, like, issue of 
kata like over kata absorption. Um, I know I was guilty of that uh, at one point where I was just trying to absorb every kata on the page of a syllabus in like. Congratulations! I mean, everybody everybody goes through it. I went through it. Trust me, I went through it. Yeah, you know, mine was a little bit different, but yeah, I, I went through that phase too. Yeah, and I think it gets kind of into the you know, topic that we that we were kind of kicking around today is that like you know there's kata and there's a kind of memory of kata and um and like how we keep keep we, what's the purpose of kata right because yeah. essentially like boxing doesn't have kata you know muay thai doesn't have kata you know jujitsu largely doesn't really have kata it's only the like striking arts like kung fu karate and ta- like some of the like Korean variant and that like Taekwondo and stuff and some yeah. of the, like the weapons forms and stuff like that and other old stuff that has this idea of doing what it, many perceive as a dance mm-hmm. but you know in a lot of in, in a lot of ways to a lot of people you know if that's all they do that's all it is well, um, go ahead sorry no all good um well, you know, I think I think one of the big problems, and I, I think I don't know if people are afraid to call it out like this or not, but this is my take on it. You got a lot of instructors out there just basically saying kata is just an exercise, right. and I think you know if you. If you continue to teach that way and you continue to teach your students that way, you're teaching kata as if it's a checklist. You're not teaching it as an analytical tool. Right. Of, of how, how things are supposed to be done. And I think that, you know, I, I think that's one of the big things that's going away is people don't know how to truly teach it. And it's like, well, you know, it goes back to the, you know, the the study. I can't remember what college it was, but the five monkeys in the box with the with the uh, bunch of bananas. You know what I'm talking about? Um, you may have to explain that one to me. Well, what it is is they put five monkeys in the in the box or in a cage, right? And what they did is they put these stairs up and. They've got a bunch of bananas hanging from there. And so whenever a monkey goes up the stairs to go get it, they get hit they get hit with like I wouldn't say a fire hose, but they get hosed down and they get knocked down off the stairs. And, the monkey, oh. and, and, and it would continue to go. And then they'd remove one monkey and then it you know, they it wouldn't even be they get hosed. But then the monkeys would just start pounding anybody who tried to go after the bananas. And nobody remembers the whole reason behind why you're not supposed to go after the bananas. Right, and right. I think it's like that, I, box I think, effect. Huh? It's this, another, I think another kind of version of that is like the Skinner box effect. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think it's being taught as an exercise and people just getting away from, Hey, this, you know, this is just an exercise. Well, you know, and, and that's where you got your jujitsu's MMA's, 
uh, knee tie, all these other, you know, you don't need color to identify, you know, and in some ways they're right, you know, I agree, in, in some ways they're right, if you're not being taught this, but it's also a different usage of it, and I don't think that's being taught either, so, you're not blaming it, I mean, just, you know what I'm talking about with some instructors who just don't, that's what they, they don't, they don't know, I don't think, so... Well, it's kind of how it's passed on, right? Like, I think what what what's what uh, there's a there's this funny clip that I found. Uh, I'll share it with you um, if I can find it again. But it was like it was from it looked like legitimately some gangster, like it was some gangster movie, mm-hmm. and they just stepped into a karate instructional video, mm-hmm. and it and like was literally from like the 1950s. And it was just, um, like, they just stepped in, they just accidentally, it was, like, two guys from, like, the mob accidentally stepping onto a set of, uh, like, a karate instruction video. And, like, they're explaining, oh, like, these, this is a kata. This is, you know, this, this, the secret techniques are hidden within the kata. Oh, these men are now doing uh, randori, which is sparring exercise. But they're not really trying to hit each other. Um, And then afterwards, you know, after we get into our black belts, we have a, we have finally attained mastery um is something i want to do a little more of an examination on later but it's kind of like that's everyone's idea of you know not just karate but also what kata is where it's like oh all these moves you know they're maybe they're just an exercise but they mean something but yeah. then they don't even get practiced right so it, the, or the practice is just the kata right right and you know that that gets into you know one of these you know, one one of the lessons I'll, I'll never forget that I that I taught at one of our former uh, organizations' headquarters. I'll, I'll never forget this. Um, the head of the organization comes out and says, "You know, Jerry, go go run through the showdown and on Sunday." And I'm like, "Well, I don't know if I'm going to run them through it, but we're going to do it." And so we get up there, and it, it was really interesting because I, I, the lesson that I was teaching, I don't think they got. And the lesson I got out of it, I got out of when I was driving back home. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I mean, it was like a light bulb effect. And I don't think I've told you this whole story. You might have heard a little bit about it. But so we're up there doing, you know, starting out with Nachi Shodan. Right. And, you know, there, there's like 12 black belts in there. And most of them were getting ready to test with the next testing. And you're like, all right. You know, and I'm like, man, something's off. We're going to do this again. We're going to do this again. We're going to do this again. And so about 45 minutes later, we're still doing nine show on. We haven't even moved on to need out or something. Right. And... What it was is it was funny because I knew something was wrong with it, but I couldn't put my hand on it. And the funny thing is there was one yellow belt in this group who showed up early. He just wanted to do Nazi show. And I'm like, cool. He was the only one that was actually doing it right in my eyes. Right. And there, I mean, that's the first kata you're supposed in, at least where we practice, you're supposed to learn. Some other styles later on, but. Right. But what I figured out 
it, it was literally by the time I got in, in the car, and I'm like, this is not how I figured out what was wrong with it. It was like, ah, so-and-so was thinking about Joe instead of Nagashima. So-and-so was thinking about doing Cheesy Kumbo instead of Nagashima. This person was thinking about Nintendo. Kusanku. You know, this. Aku. You know, I mean, everybody was thinking about something other than what was in front of them. Right. And I, I think that, going back to Robbie, my, my first instructor, man, I mean, he drilled into me. It's like, if you don't take care of what is right there in front of you, how do you expect to take care of yourself? That's a huge lesson. Oh, you know, you, you don't, you don't think about it, you know, and then, you know, and then it brought me back to, you know, all the Mr. Yada seminars where it was like, you've been on the show for three or four hours before you do anything. And I, I finally got it. And it's like, oh, he was looking at us dumb goombas and we're thinking about doing Moontebo and Joe and this and that and the other thing. He's trying to get us focused in on what he's really wanting to teach. And I'm like, Duh, why did I pick up on that, you know, over the years? And I, I didn't, but I, I did at that point. So it was, it was, it was very interesting, that, that little, I don't know, light bulb for me, but I, I guess I probably didn't, didn't share that with everybody else, which, but it, it was interesting, so. Well, and I think that's, because then that, that attraction, that, what is the best way to say this? Where it's like you know you've got the cup and it's, the cup can only take so much water, um, so that like people's memories can only take so much, um, and physiologically speaking, we can only do so many motions before you know while there's muscle memory, but there's you can only do so much before you kind of dampen other m- muscle memory. Like the example being Naji Shodan, that one yellow belt. He probably only knew Nahachi Shodan. Exactly. But everybody else was, you know, learning, learned probably 15, 18, 19, 20 katas at the point when they got to Black Belt. Yeah. Which is fine, but when it comes down to the thing you, like, first learned, why isn't that the thing you can just blow through? Well, I mean... And then is it is it really being practiced? Is it like is and then is that really effective practice? Just doing the gata, like and then what's the then what's the purpose of do, doing it then? If the yellow belt's doing it better than the black and then the twenty black belts in the room. When I trained, I trained with Mister Shintaku for just a little bit, I mean very very little bit, and probably one thing I got from him was it was like. You know, you got to have a present mind, or it was a natural mind, I think that's what he called it, natural mind. You have to be in the moment when you're doing all this stuff. If you're thinking about something else, guess what? If something comes to you, you're, you're going to be thinking about something else instead of what you shouldn't be thinking about. You know, and I, I think, I mean, especially in today's day and age, I think everybody you know, me too, guilty about, okay, I'm doing this because I'm running through it. Well, why are we running through it? Why are we not concentrating on basics? You know, things like that. So, but anyway, so. 
Well, and I think that that goes to that goes to that goes to like a large issue with curriculum, right? So if there's fifteen katas on the page of a curriculum, mm-hmm. can we really expect people to? I don't know. If we're say black belt's a three year process, just kind of putting that out there, just yeah. you know, sick yeah. argument. Yeah. Um, then, like, what's the litmus? Like, then is the first kata you learn supposed to be super easy, so you can get through it really quickly? And the later on katas are supposed to be more complicated, so it's easy to remember these early katas, but we don't really practice them that much because they're so easy. And then we do these later katas, and we do them much more because they're so long and complicated and hard to learn. And then, you know, at the end of the day, we've gotten to these through these fifteen katas on a page. And we've spent three years doing that, yeah. and then you get punched in the face in the parking lot because you weren't pre- you you weren't practicing you were just practicing katas you weren't actually breaking down what they were doing. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like I'm, I I hate to make that kind of glib point, but it's it's just the case that we have so many people focused on this kata and that kata and this kata and that kata, you know, and then they get excited when they see a technique. It's like. Is that really the amount of time? What's the amount of time being spent on it? Right. Yeah. I mean, what's what's the dedication? What's what's really going into it? You know. I mean, you you see that. I mean, you you see that a lot in you know different styles of karate and stuff like that. But the same way with taekwondo, karate. you see a lot of that kind of mentality. You know, and I understand, you know, the instructor saying, okay, here's, here's, here's the curriculum, and, you know, here, check this off, check this off, you know, that's great, okay, you're ready. You know, I, and I, I get it for, for that reason, but, you know, what, what lesson is it really, really driving home with the student? And I, I think that's one of the things that's really kept in my mind. Constantly, it's like whenever I have somebody come in front of me, whenever I'm teaching them, is like, what are you wanting to accomplish? Are you just wanting to accomplish a checkboard, or are you wanting to accomplish knowledge? And you know, you know, I, I, that's just kind of where I look at it from. I think like then it, then it gets into like. Can the, can someone actually keep all this in check? Because then you have several people have in the last you know, five years. I've talked to people about you know traditional martial arts and kind of the older generation kind of coming you know obviously passing on in the next you know ten fifteen twenty years and whatnot. Yeah, and everyone's so concerned about. You know, keeping things preserved, keeping things, you know, making sure nothing gets lost, all this other stuff. How much is there to preserve? How much was actually meant to be preserved? And is preservation the key? And this goes into memory because we have these 15, we have these 15, 18, 29, 57 katas. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like from for whoever, wherever. How are how is this going to how is this effectively passed down? Um, 
and then how do we even make sure that make sure that this is fa- passed down effectively? Is this the way that it should be passed down? Um, can people are people do people remember it correctly? Even right. we've done a kata for a while, and then suddenly we're like, maybe something's not right here. Oh yeah, and then, yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I did, one of my other instructors. Um, was uh, down by the name of Mike Meyer. I, I, I love that guy to death. I, I, I tell you what, he is, he, he's like the, everyone's favorite uncle that everybody wants to have, you know, it's just, he's just, he's just one of the most awesome guys you'll ever run into. It, it, it's interesting, before, when I was training with him, before the school closed, one of the things I did, because, man, I, I had, so many katas that I picked up, especially weapons katas. I, I, I filmed everything that I knew to that point, and I, I still have it. You know, and every once in a while, I'd break that thing out, and I was like, okay, what am I doing wrong? You know, and I have to go back, but I, I do think it is, you know, using video is definitely a good a good tool to remember stuff by right to, to learn by i would say that you, you need you need another point of reference um, i think and i it's 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 strange that we have a we live now live in a society where people think that's the way you can do it right. and, and uh, we've gotten to the point where like not not to get away from your point, but it's like, for example, like and I mentioned this with with uh, our last uh, last podcast um, with Mike and Jenna, where it was like, where I met Mike was we were doing a kata together at Chuck Harris's place, and instead of getting the whole thing down, we kind of like only had two hours to do it, and then everyone busted out their cameras to take a video of it. Yeah. N- now, what is the thought process? behind doing that. The, the, where I see that is like, alright, so we're going to get a video of the kata, right? Mm-hmm. When are you going to frame by frame go through it to remember what's going on? And is what you're taking a video of the right way that per- the person's supposed to do it? Yeah. And I mean, that best version of that at that time? Right. Could it be improved? You know what I mean? So, like... Right. And, you know, I mean, you know, using kind of an IT term that we use, you know, set a baseline. And and that's kind of how I look at... That's kind of how I look at, you know, videotaping things and stuff. Okay, I'm going to tape this this kind of at this time. This is setting the baseline of what's going to happen. Right. You know, I mean... I mean, several of us know that there there is the video of Mr. Yada and and um, several of his senior students doing the eight basic weapons forms back, back in Brooklyn with the early eighties, late seventies, something like that. Yes, the secret tape no one must know about. Oh God, I've got to edit this podcast. Oh. <laughs> well. I'm sure lots of people know about it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Now, um, it's a, it's out. It's 
technically out there, but I guess it's out of print. I I, I don't I don't know about that. I mean, let, let's just say I I have I do have a copy of it. So, but you know, I, and I have a copy of the copy of the copy that someone gave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somehow, I have a copy of the copy of the copy. Yeah, exactly. That's so, the same copy we both have. Yeah, and now yeah. I, I, I can I can parse that. So, guy who trained with you at Mike's place, I went to his place five seven seven years ago, something like that. Yeah, I managed to get it on old USB. Most of it I managed to I has managed to survive three laptops. Yeah. So, what I've always taken that as that is the beginning baseline for those eight period. You know, no matter what anybody says, that is the baseline that I always use. Here's here's the start. Yeah. Do I think, you know, whenever I start looking at it, you know, do do I add some little little thing into it or, you know, add, add like, you know, just anything to possibly enhance some type of technique? Maybe I do, maybe I don't. Um, but, you know, it, I mean, it goes back to, I think that's key is to know that that whatever you're videotaping is a baseline. Or you're deciding at that point. Right. Like, for example, that video was at that point decided that is the baseline. Right. right? Um, right. at later points that changed. Right. Whether or not who, how many people agree with that or whatnot, and for reasons for that, you're kind of not going to really get into. But like, uh, like, and I, I think that's important. That that shows maturity. I think, for, and a lot of people don't have that because from not seminar culture, but just how that goes on. Uh, another example is I worked with someone. Um, it was at some seminar, and we were doing some bow drill. And the guy I know, I actually know, but he literally, every time we stopped to go through a technique, he literally pulled out his phone and recorded everything. (laughs) And I'm just like, great guy to work with. But at at the end of it, I was just like, dude, like, just learn it. Yeah. Because you're not going to go back and go through all of this. Or if you do, it's like, you can't just go use that as a, is that seminar going to be your baseline? Yeah. For the techniques? Which is fine if it is. Yeah. But odd recordings, odd cell phone recordings, is that the basis for martial arts? Right. You know, and, and it pulls into, you know, one of the things that I got out of, you know, several, many, well, I can't believe it's been 20 years, but it's been about 20 years when I was a part of the Southern Leadership Program that was a separate education, I mean, not martial arts related. Right. We're, we're in there, and, you know, and here's the other thing. I try to tie in a lot of things into my martial arts training, not just martial arts. What about this seminar that I went to? What about this leadership training that I went to? What, what about the board meeting I had earlier today? You know, things like that. What? How am I tying that into? But what You're making I, it more holistic than... than scattered, which is, I think, a better way to live your life is try to integrate everything that 
you've actually learned rather than, well, this is my life over here and this is my life over there. It's compartmentalized and things don't touch. Some right. things you need to do that with, but... Yeah, I mean, from, from that seminar, I mean, one point that they, you know, I mean, it was a four-day seminar. I mean, you're in there from 8 a.m. to about 11 p.m. And, I mean, you got homework... 11 p.m. until 8 a.m. You gotta get it done. I mean, did like you know 30 minutes kind of stuff. I mean, this is like you know two three hours worth of homework in between, and you're learning to really function at a high level, you know, with very minimal sleep. But one of the things that they talked about is like we're in one of the programs, and they're like you know, here's a notebook. You can take notes if you want, but you know what? It's not going to do you a doggone bit of good because if you're taking notes, if you're trying to record things, guess what? You're not paying attention to what's in front of you. Right. And you're going to miss it. It's not going to hit you in the head like it should. It's going to be on a piece of paper, and you're going to try to remember what was said instead of, bam, feel what is there. Yeah, it's not, I mean... Going back to a recording of something and listen and, wa- and watching the recording of something is not the same as remember as remembering it from kind of an, and internalizing it in that moment. Right. Exactly. It, it's like I mean, we can akin this for the kids today. Um, we can akin this to going to a movie theater and watching a movie as opposed to seeing a you know a phone cl- uh, like a phone clip on YouTube. Right. It's not the same thing. Um, right. That's for our younger our younger audience. Um, but it's it's it, it it's not going to be an impact, and like that goes it goes in the kata is just the kata is um uh what's the technical word for memory device? Forget what that is, but it's a device to remember and to pass down what's being techniques. Right. Yeah. When, when it just turns into the dance for techniques rather than this is this kata. These are the techniques broken down from it. This is the kata, and this is how you break them down. You know, it's like the, the kata is taught, but the knowledge isn't necessarily imparted. And so you get this weird shell of what could be good martial arts. But right. people just kind of just look at the shell and don't kind of open it up to see the gooey center inside. Right. No, oh, I, I totally agree with that. And I mean, you know, and there's a lot of things that you have to deal with. I mean, you know, I, I look at, you know, I look at my time that I, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't with Mr. Yada for very long. I was with him between two and three years. I think it's probably closer to two years. Um, I think it was a little over two years that, that I trained with him on a weekly basis. And, you know, I, yeah, I could have wrote down everything, but I, I would have missed what he was trying to teach, you know, and, you know, some, some of my favorite, some of my favorite memories, I mean, I don't have like the, you know, the catalogs and volumes of books like some of these guys who were with him for, you know, 34 years. I just have, you know, maybe, you know, a handful of stories, but. You know, some of my favorite stories were when we were in Okinawa, and it was funny. 
I would wait. I always wake up early. I don't know why. I'm, I'm an early bird, but anymore I'm kind of an early bird and a night owl, so I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of go. Take but, a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah, you know, 15 minutes I was not work. You know, no big deal. You know, and um, but him and I, we wake up early and we go across the street from the hotel and go to the restaurant and eat. You know, and we were there, you know, five a.m., five thirty a.m. And some some of the best times were just sitting down and just talking with him, you know, just hey, just chatting with him, different things, and and I think it led on to some of the biggest lessons that that I got from him, you know. And and if I would have been busy recording that, I I would have never have have experienced it. I would have just recorded it. Oh, that's my life, you know. That's just Jim Dandy, you know. You know, it, it wouldn't have landed on me. I wouldn't have learned something from it. Right, and I mean, how much? I mean, how much do we really remember of like any of any of any time in our life? And then you got to think, how much is that memory going to be impactful down the road? Two or three years down the road, three or four years down the road, five or six years down the road. Absolutely. Is that memory going to change? Most likely will. I mean, our bodies change all the time. Yeah. Um, a videotape won't change, but that's the thing. It doesn't change. It's pe- and I know people get in arguments over this stuff all the time, where it's like, oh, his hand was here, and this is the way he did it, and this time, and this way. Uh, but no, his, his hand was there, and the, the blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, at the end of the day, it don't matter, because you, ha- you have your baseline that you went from. Well, you don't need to pull out a video to start arguing with people about what's correct and what's not. Um, yeah. and that, to a degree. To yeah. a degree. Yeah, I've been guilty of doing... I've, I've done that a couple times. I mean, I, I think I think going back to that baseline concept, right. like, if something is not sound, something is, has got a crack in, in whatever foundation you're trying to build, and it's not there, then, yeah, it's time to pull up that baseline, let's level set, and move from here. You know, and that's just kind of the way I look at it. You know, you know different people got different ways of looking at it, but I, I, I just I just see that. And I, I've used that a couple times to where, you know, another instructor's forgotten something, and I've literally told them, like, no, this isn't right. And they would argue with me, and I, I would tell them, I'm like, well, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way, and I'm going to bring in the baseline video. And I've done this twice. And I'm going to let you see, and I'm going to show you that you're wrong. And I don't like doing that because, one, that puts that instructor on the spot. But if, but if that instructor doesn't is teaching something that – that's fundamentally not sound, then it, then it needs to be corrected. And, you know, sometimes you just got to stand up and just pound it into them, you know? Right. So. And, and, though, and it, it really does depend on what it is, right? right. Like, if, you, if you've got... I, rem, I know we're not going to really talk about, talk, talk about specifics. I know exactly what you're talking about, though. <laughs> yeah. um, and then it, it gets into, like... You have to make your own de- your, your your own decisions, ultimately. Right. 
And this goes into, it's your martial, it's your karate. A lot of times, there's always this call for unity in karate. I get that. I get, what is it, two, it was like a year year or two ago, they had a big tournament in Okinawa. um, And suddenly people were getting all riled up over, you know, what do you mean I need to do this tournament version of this kata? Well, okay, seeing it from the tournament runner's perspective, if everyone is doing a different version of a certain kata, it's kind of impossible to really judge on that. I understand from that perspective. Right. So if you want to participate in something like that, you know, you want to go, go to their tournament, you have to play by their rules. Yeah. If you learn and do a quality kata that they've already set out or it's something that you already know or something that you want to take a challenge to actually, you know, get down, that's great. Right. But outside of that, everyone's going to make, the, make their own choice. Everyone's going to kind of go with what works for them, right. and I think that's fine. And I think that's that that creates martial arts rather than just preserving martial arts as well. A whole. You know, and I mean, you, you bring up you bring up a topic that's probably on the heart of probably the greatest lesson I learned from Mister Yada, and and that was, I mean, in if you don't mind, I'll tell a story about it, if that's sure. cool. You know, we're, I'll never forget, it was probably about two, three weeks after we got back from Okinawa. We're, and, you know, it's it's late February, early March, and normally we, we always train in the gym at this church, and for some reason we were in the cafeteria. I mean, it's cold, don't get out, but it was like, all right, we're, we're training here, do this, do this. And one of the things I learned being around Mr. Oyana was there were certain things he would do to see if you were paying attention. And he'd get up there, and one of the things he'd like to do was he'd, say, he'd get up there and say, you people cannot do my technique. You people know like me. Something like that. You know, it would be along that lines. And a lot of people just kind of, you know, nod their head and blah, blah. But after spending that time in Okinawa with him, I'll never forget this. He, he started in on this, and we're finishing up class, and we're getting dressed. And he started in on this. And I remember this because I was getting to pull up my pants. I just, when he said that, I dropped my pants, and I looked just dead bang at him, just like nothing else mattered in the entire world. And very quietly, he says, you people don't do my technique. You cannot do my technique. And then even quieter, he says, and I can't do yours either. And it was like, and he knew I got it because I, I probably had that, you know, goofy from from Disney, the jaw just completely dropped to the floor. I totally got what he was saying. Mm. And what was funny is about three or four years ago, I ran into one of the other guys who was in that class. And I was talking about this story, and he goes, yeah, I remember that night. We were in the cafeteria. It was cold. All getting, you know, he was playing back. He, was, you know, he literally slapped his head, and he was like, why did I not pick up on this? But this gets right to the heart of what we're talking about with videos and things like that. If I would have video recorded that, do you think that would have meant even a hill of beans to me? No. Well, 
it wouldn't have hit you in the same way because you're what's your focus? Yeah. Exactly. And I mean and you know what? From that day on I became probably a better an analyst of what's going on with my kata training and how I do things and stuff like that. Not only there, but also in engineering and how I lead things and how I volunteer different areas and how I help people out and stuff like that. It, it totally changed the way I look at stuff. And so, I mean, just that one statement, because I chose, <laughs> if you think about it, I chose not to put my pants on. I wanted to get a lesson <laughs> out of the deal. You know, it was like, you know, I... You know, and, and I'm very thankful for that one lesson that probably made made a huge difference in my life, you know? I mean, like, if we all put our pants on, then maybe we'll all actually be able to understand each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but I mean, that's... Especially in this gener- this time now, like, with literally everyone's attention's getting pulled from everything else. Like, we don't... I, I imagine... When I was teaching, uh, when I was still in the States teaching um, at a college, I think we were talking around that time, but, you know, we had this problem with kids and their cell phones in the class, and we were suspecting people were cheating. Yeah. So when I started up the the term, I pulled out a box, like 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 a milk crate. Mm-hmm. And these are all international students. So they're all students um, from all over the place. Um, everyone kind of had this, you know, spoke the same language of iPhone mm-hmm. in a weird way. Yeah. And I said, and I'm like, this was, a, this was last year, so 2018. Um, so I opened the class with this. Um, I don't slam it, but I, put the, but I firmly placed the box in the front of the class. Or place the crate in front of the class, and I said, "For me, it's 2018. For the you guys, it is 1998. Put your cell phones in this box. I am not touching them. You are not touching anybody else's cell phones. You will get your own. You can grab it and walk out of the classroom if you would like. You can use it during breaks. That does not matter to me." But you are going to put your phones in here for the duration of the class and any and all testings, um, which we had to do weekly, kind of weird international English program. And people were complaining. It's like, well, what if I need to translate a word? And I said, well, there's this thing called a dictionary. You can buy one and have a dictionary with you. Um, and just use the dictionary because it's a book, so you can use it to look up things. Well, it's not going to be as fast. Yeah, but it will be better. There's yeah. actually and there's science behind it, like looking at a screen and looking at a looking at a page, where looking at the screen, your your brain isn't going to process it the same way as looking at a, at a page. And not everyone's different with that, but I mean, on on a bell curve state, it is more you'll memorize something from a page as opposed to memorizing something from a you know light bulb effectively. Yeah. So I mean, like that's that's where I see that where it's like you have to you have to listen here and feel what you're doing first, as opposed to just viewing it. And that is not to take away from people who cannot actually be in a room with somebody. If you have to just have a video of something to actually learn it, 
you know, that's all you've got. Literally, like, everyone was taken out from the style that you practice, and the only thing you have is videotapes. Hey, more power to you. Um, yeah. What you're trying to break it down from. But I think you need someone else around. You need other experienced people. Right? Like, Well, I think also, I mean, you need, you know, you need multiple sources of input. You know, you can go back to an IT reference. I mean, okay, you got a video. Can, can you actually touch? Can you actually see? Can you actually feel what that actually feels like? More likely not. Um, you almost need somebody else helping you out. And, you know, in one of my, you know, I, I did learn a, a couple weapons katas from video because, one, they were really rare. I mean, they really were, you know? And I, I was in that mode of, like, yeah, I gotta learn, gotta learn, gotta learn, gotta learn, gotta learn. Right. And, um, I mean, you were wrong, I was thankful for it, but, you know, I would, you know, I'd work, I'd say I'd work probably two hours a night going frame by frame for, for at least a month, month and a half. There, there was one kind of that I did that for, Almost, almost five months. Right. How many? And how many people are going to do that? I, I think it just depends on how bad you want it. Yeah. How bad do you want it? And when I was doing that, I had somebody else on the sides. You know, hey, I'm seeing this, and I, I would tell them what I was doing, and and they were really helpful. But you know, they actually understood what was going on. They may not have understood. The color or anything, but they understood. Okay, this is what's being taught, and this is where you should. This is where you should concentrate your, your focus, and here's where the weight is, and things like that. And and that that was probably invaluable because yeah, I could do this, but then you know if I had somebody just getting me to where I could feel it from from that, then yeah. And, and part of it was I, I definitely wanted to learn it. I, I really did. And what was funny is I, I learned it, but I, I take some of the techniques from it, but if you asked me to do it today, I probably couldn't. One of them, two of them I can, but the rest of them I couldn't. Let's see, there, there's what, three, three or four. You know, there's three or four that I did that with. Two, two of them I can do it. But. Right. I like we've definitely done stuff where it's like we've worked on it and drilled it for weeks and months on end. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you asked me to do it now, I probably couldn't do it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean like, and then that goes into you know what is this, what is the service and purpose of kata? Um, well, if you have a lot of intern like your body's internalizing motion, your body's internalizing muscle memory, your body's yeah. inter- internalizing all this different stuff. Um, that even if you can't necessarily get through step-by-step of a form, you can break down bits and pieces of what you remember of it to you know, better serve your martial arts, better serve your, te- your uh, techniques, stuff like that. Yeah, so. and you know, one of the things that I did was that probably right after my mom passed, um, I really needed to focus in on something, and, and you know, I was 
I, I, my mom and I were really, really close. Um, and, you know, I didn't learn anything really new. And what I did is I'm like, you know, I need to get grounded. And, and that was in every aspect of my life. What's important, what's not, this, that, and the other. So I went back to my martial arts. I'm like, where's the beginning of my martial arts? He's like, God, show up. And so I broke down how I did Mark and how I did Naji Shonan, and I mean, I went through every little movement, like where technique was coming in from, where um, where I put emphasis on different things and stuff like that, and I was like, I, I totally got how different influences created how I did something. Right. And it was really interesting to really break, really, I mean, and I did that for not quite a year, but I did it right in about a year. And, I mean, you look at today, how many people would, how many people would really do that? Not many, I feel. Um, that's not to say that people who don't but, do that right. are necessarily bad, but it's, I think that takes a, it takes a certain motivation to do any of that, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, how... And it also goes into how things are presented. You know, I was kind of BSing in my office, and I was, like, thinking about that, and it's like, you know, if we were really going to go on the, this kind of trek of, like, kata, one kata one year or one kata three years, yeah. how would you do that? How would you present that in a kind of a... I don't want to say modern context, but like, you know, to contemporary context, right? Um, and how, you know, if we have those 15 katas on the page, and we say three years to black belt, well, what yeah. number needs to change? Yeah. No, I'm, I, I think, you know, you get into the conversation, and maybe this was with me or someone else, you get into quantity versus quality. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I think, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, I mean, go right ahead. Sorry, Skype kind of go, does that sometimes where it's like, no, that person was saying, no, that person was talking, no, that person yeah. was talking. No, I mean, you know, you get into quality versus quantity. Um, I'll, I'll tell you another real quick story. Um, when I had my school open here in Kansas City, we had, um, had a kid come in. And he'd been training like seven, eight years with somebody. And he comes into my school and, you know, I just asked him, you know, just show me, just show me a stance that you've learned and stuff. And it, it was like, well, I know this and I know this and that. I mean, he, he rattled off like probably 45, 50 katas that he knew. But when I looked at him and I told his mom, I was like, you know, you know, he's got a great amount of knowledge, but he has no balance and he can't apply any of this. Right. And that, so, that gets into quality versus quantity. And I wasn't picking on it. I really wasn't. I was really, I, I, part of it was dumbfounded because it's like, where's the quality in what you're learning? You can do it fast, but you're out of balance. I mean, you, you, you're going to hurt yourself much less somebody else, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I 
I think those are the, that goes into kind of like what are the fundamentals that need to be taught when you first teach somebody, um, and kind of what does that go into? You know, what kind of quality teaching can you give somebody? Do we understand what that what that needs to be? Because then ultimately, it doesn't matter how much you remember or what you remember. If you have those fundamentals in place, you could probably take ten videos of ten katas of stuff you've never learned before and apply it all all around, right. and then get something out out of all ten of that, and then maybe forget all of them in in the next year, but still still retain that. And it sounds like the the guy you were teaching. Kind of is like top heavy in terms of knowledge, but there was nothing on the bottom to kind of hold it together. Right. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, and oh, real, real quick, I mean, I think I think that's one of the other things we get into. We teach as, as technicians. Oh, we we got to be great technical this that and the other thing. Well, I think this is just my personal opinion, and you know. It's, 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 you know, opinions are just like, you know what, and everybody's got one. So, right. it, my opinion is, we're teaching technicians, and that's great and fantastic and all that stuff. But what about teaching engineers who know all, everything behind it? And, and I guess that's how I've always, because like whenever I hear that from another, we're teaching technicians. I'm, not, I'm teaching engineers. I want people to know everything behind this. And if I'm not doing that, I'm not doing my job as a teacher. And that's how I've always felt. Right. I mean that. I mean that. That gets at, that gets at the base of base of it all, because yeah. you can you can create good martial artists from basics, mm-hmm. um, and you don't need need to have those fifty katas in place, mm-hmm. or what or whatever. But if you're worried about maintaining something and kind of proliferating it, as it were. Um, that's the right word. Um, you know, it gets into that. But if you've got people at that strong base, then you can take them anywhere. Right. You can take them to some some a very complicated, like the psychata we we've been doing for years and years and years. Right. Uh, you can you could start someone with that, right? And and just have that be the thing they do. And they could pick apart so much from that, or you could have them start from any given direction. But if they have that ba- that fundamental ba- base of balance and stances and stuff like that, um, then they can go anywhere. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, no, yeah. All right, sir. Um, I guess we can get into the, get into the part of the show where we're wrapping up on that discussion. So, what are you what are you working on this week? What have you been working on recently in terms of martial arts and whatnot? Well, I mean, as far as martial arts, I mean, it, it's kind of what I'm constantly doing is like I'm just kind of picking up something that I hadn't worked on in a while, and and it, it may be you know it may be Cheesies. It may be Nanchishona. It may be me say she. You know, I just try to find what I'm going to be present with or natural minded with. Work on that to where I can get the most out of it. Move on. Now, I, I have kind of been doing kind of one of the things that you've been that we did a long time ago when I showed you 
this training exercise where you put all the basic katas together in one huge kata. Oh, right, yeah. You know, and so sometimes I'll be working on something, and then it's like, well, wait a minute, all of a sudden I'm naturally minded into something else, and then, boom, I'll move into that. Like, uh, maybe a few days ago I was working on cheesies a little bit, and then I'm like, well, wait a minute, something's, you know, and then I look at Tombo, I was like, okay, let me do this, and then I'll work with a Tombo kata, and then I'll work with Tombo going and doing some of the stances with cheesies and doing that foot motion and that pattern with it, and it's, it's something totally different and just kind of changing it up. It's not that I'm messing around with the covers, but it's like, what if I do this? What if I do that? So I'm constantly analyzing what it is that I'm doing and what it is that I can get out of what I do. Mm, yeah, taking a just, different mix with stuff. Yeah, just just looking at it from a different viewpoint, you know? Um, right on. Yeah. Not, I mean, that's one of the biggest lessons I take. I took away from from our work, where it's just like, you know, we can have this whole curriculum of stuff, but if you can't, if you can't break it down and you know go different ways with it, um, it's not going to really work for you. Right. So. Exactly. You know. So, and I mean, that, that's kind of a lot of what I've been doing. Um, for some reason. Probably the most stuff that I've been working on probably the last, I don't know, probably the last four to six months. I don't know, for some reason I've gotten a lot into Cheesy and Posse and Tamari Saison, and I've just mixed a lot of that together just to see different viewpoints, different, maybe there's a technique here, maybe there's something like that. And, and I'm really kind of trying to develop you know, whenever I do teach, kind of a fundamental way to look at technique a little bit differently. Instead of, this is technique, this technique, this technique. I'm looking at it more from like a paragraph structure. It's like, okay, what are you going to open with? What's your body or your or your actual technique? And then how are you going to close it up? Right. And, I'm trying, and I'm trying to really break techniques down like that. So... Right on, right on. I mean, going somewhat in that direction, but what I'm more working on uh, is, like, I talked about this a little before, is, like, kind of shadow Joe boxing, as it were. <laughs> so, in, like, the Joe box, um, for those who don't really know, the the Joe box is a box where we do a basic Joe kata, and somehow that just became the staple of what, of kind of the martial art we do. Um, of the of that karate style, it's 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 amazing that it's kind of like that bagua our version of the bagua circle. Um, if you if anyone kind of parse where where that comes from, um, and what I've been doing is just kind of doing like shadow boxing version of moving on that box, and just kind of letting my hands go and seeing what comes out. Um. And just letting my feet go, and maybe do a technique, do more kind of sparring type style stuff, do more uh, kind of you know turn, do a do a turn, and then get, get on get on my knees and see see where the technique would go. Um, how can I be mo- mobile from the ground on that box? So 
that's kind of what I've been working on. But very cool. All right, sir. Well, thank you for jumping on this um, this episode of the podcast. I hope we get to have you back um, sooner than later. Um, I'm not really sure where we're when we're going to record next, but it's been a pleasure having you on. Well, I'll tell you what. It, it, I'm very thankful that you invited me, and it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. So very cool. All right, sir. Thank you so much for being on. Everybody else, thank you for listening, and keep on training. <laughs>